0: Uh Uh-oh. Got him. Ha, that's not really the morning intro. (laughs) Jokes on us. Jokes on us. It is Thursday, June 29th. We have a special guest on the show today, Matt Lasher from West Her. We're talking about subprime lending, Toyota sales lift, and a company called Joby. Not the Joby you're thinking of Or is well, it the same company? Is it the same company? I don't think is so Is it the same? No,
1: there's no way it's the same company
0: It's hard for the, that word is so unique Like if you're writing in all caps It's hard for it not to look like the same company But good morning We have a, a great Thursday And it's the day before the month
1: close So everybody Man, is on everybody's point to gear geared up little, Everybody's walking in with a little swagger A little extra hair know. gel <laughs> Uh,
2: did you? So true.
1: Did I, feel you? Like, I feel like hockey players and automotive sales managers have something in common right just like they basically they basically supply all uh they like they care for the supply of hair gel in the world no. right I don't know how that works I don't know there's a lot of
0: probably it's been a long time since I've used hair gel but back in the day I definitely you know I was in Philly Jersey I used a lot of hair gel Italian kids come on they, yeah, Come on. Absolutely.
1: You, yeah. Uh,
0: well, look, today we have a really exciting auto collabs episode. If you're not aware, auto collabs oh. is our longer form podcast where we get to sit down with Michael Cirillo, the three of us and execute like a really uh, a deeper conversation with somebody in the industry. Um, And this is an extra special one. It's Ed Roberts of Bozard Ford wrote a new book. It's about to come out called Mile One Leadership, and we uh, this is probably the fastest release ever. We recorded it yesterday afternoon. We wanted to get it out, so it releases today. So you can search auto collabs on uh, your favorite podcast platform or go to our YouTube channel, and you can actually see the interview. And Ed Roberts is the kind of guy that's worth watching, just his body he language.
1: Is, like, I would, Yeah, I would say, fine, listen to the podcast, but you got to watch it because there's a couple little things about his office that we allude to, and then just you see the care in his eyes, like the way he leans in, the way he cares. You just see it. So you got to go to uh, check out auto Collabs. You can hear it right now. I believe it's live. And then you can watch it uh, at noon today, streamed and then, and then ongoing.
0: So. so great. He had us taking notes. Hey, Ed Roberts is actually going to be a speaker at a sotocon in September. Um, you can get a discounted ticket. today. Is the last uh, today and tomorrow, two the days. last two days of the, the most discounted ticket you'll be able to get. You can go to a SodaCon.com and uh, get that. Lock it in if you can right now. Um, and Ed Roberts is going to be the kind of person that is worth meeting in person. Speaking of people who are worth meeting in person. That's right. Segway. Uh, we'll segue to an intro to a guest. To introduce wow. to the show, Matt Lasher with West Her. You know him. You love him. He is so, I mean, do you, do you use hair gel? Actually, your hair looks great. This look like gel, it's more Not of like too, a, a
2: little bit loose hold product. Like yeah, pomade.
0: no, you just a pomade. Yeah. Of course, you use a pomade, of course, he does. <laughs> just a gentleman, just a little, dab, of a little bit of this going on, just put it in <laughs> there. It. Uh, you're looking good this morning, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Obviously, you're on good your morning. way from somewhere to somewhere. Um, but hey, it works today.
2: Thank you. Yes. Yes. Dropping kids off at school, off to the office. That's what we're doing. The
0: automotive story, right there. Well, let me read the story why we have you here, and then we'll get into it. According to Experian, dealerships are finding it harder to secure subprime auto loans due to a decline in subprime customers being able to get loans and leases. As factors like inflation, rising gas prices, ending stimulus funds have affected their credit worthiness and increased debt to income ratio uh, ratios, which may be turning to and meaning they'll often turning to credit cards for financial support. Uh, the proportion of subprime used vehicle loans has reached near record lows with such borrowers only involved now in 14% of all loans and leases on new and used vehicles in Q1. Um, also, there's an increase in late auto payments among subprime borrowers, higher than during the late 2000s recession. So we're going way back according to S&P Global Mobility Analysis of TransUnion data. And here's a quote, and then we're going to get to Matt. Um, Michael Oventhal, COO for Automotive Credit Corporation said, what we're seeing now is are some of the lowest fico scores we've seen in years consumers who might have qualified for loans in the past are not even close as he says so matt you obviously are on wow. the ground uh, very involved in the subprime market with your product streamline and in the you know the the vast operations of west her what's your like boots on the ground take on all this
2: well, first, I think you got to take that human approach. I mean, the reality is 40% of consumers have a credit score of 680 or less. Credit scores or FICO scores haven't dramatically shifted. They, they trended upwards slightly during COVID, but they haven't dramatically shifted over the historical averages. The scary part, and you alluded to it, perhaps is the credit card utilization is rising mm-hmm. amongst sort of what I'll call the have-nots bucket um, versus the haves bucket. The haves bucket continuing to spend. Everything's good. Life is great. But the have nots bucket, life has gotten really expensive. Things have gotten more challenging. The fees are coming back. The interest rates are higher. Cost of living is just harder. So I think those buyers are being squeezed at like a real, you know, personal level, um, which is presenting some challenges. But also in the auto space, all we've done really is we're sort of reverting back to the meat. Two years ago, there wasn't a problem with getting anybody approved because of inflated book values, because Mm. of false equity in their trade-ins, because of artificially high cash down, because of government subsidies and other things. Mm. As all of that stuff sort of reverts back, dealers now are finding it more difficult to get a loan approved, right? But this is all about understanding the lender. The lender is trying to mitigate risk, right? Risk. Now, what that means is sort of subprime borrowing. Right. Um, However, I think the lenders, perhaps if I could just broadly say, have 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 overreacted slightly because there's so much uncertainty about the future. People aren't sure what the health of the economy will be in six months. So these lenders and the leaders at the lender at the banks have to think of like, okay, if the economy collapses in six months, what happens to my auto loan portfolio? So Uh, But, but all lenders have moved off FICO anyways, and it's now an internal scoring mechanism. So the best lenders are the ones that understand the stories. It's not about the absolute FICO score. It's about where you are in your life. So if you just got laid off at your job, but you just got a new one, that's okay. If you just went bankrupt, but you're going through that process, that might be okay. If you just went through a divorce, but are working your way out of it, that's okay. Right? And so I think a lot of lenders are adapting to that and dealers can best suit, serve the customer by understanding the risk issue at the lender level, right? And finding cars that mitigate the risk for the customer and managing affordability.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like the, the dealer is kind of uh, right now playing a, a big part in the storyline and being the middleman to care for the consumer and the lender at the same time because they have a responsible th- responsibility both to the consumer to find the car that meets the needs, the budget, and, and the financial responsibility that also matches portfolio management that they're responsible for on the lender side and understanding how to manage risk for the lender when selecting the vehicle for the consumer. And this is where like, actually, this is where dealers are so important. Like we talk about dealers and, and their importance in the community, but actually in, and, and like after sales, but after it actually in the sales pipeline here, this is actually a piece where dealers can play a part to like really be one-to-one with people and, and like, no, okay, great. Here's the here's the financial risk. Here's the here's the current economy. Here's where the consumer is actually needing to be met at, and how do we make all of those come together so that we can serve that er- that area of the community? Because that area uh, of the community still needs transportation. So I love how you pin that. It's like, hey, look, as the dealer, you can look at both sides and 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 clearly see it and serve both sides well, even in this like tight economy um, that's being pointed to. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, we lost Matt. Uh-oh. Did you just she
0: drink gone. a grimace milk? No,
2: no, we're good. I just oh. dropped my phone. We're oh. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's holding his phone really steady, Matt. Um, so I think there's a couple cool things going on here from your perspective. Obviously, Wester, one of the dealership groups that, um, basically built a software product to solve a problem that they were having. This specific problem is one that you all have built a product for. It's not a sponsored post, but Streamline is the name of the product, and um. You've really focused in on this area. Um, can you just tell us why you built the product the way you did? Like what it actually does, because it solves a pretty simple. It's like a it's like a very linear, simple solution for this product. I mean, for this problem.
2: You have to you have to be able to communicate the why to affordability. So if you can transparently explain to consumers, these are the cars that you can afford and get approved on in a way that's transparent, easy to understand on both, by both sides, inexperienced salespeople, uh, right. customers as well, right? If you can communicate the why in a way that makes sense to both sides, you can find a solution, right? Nobody, the consumers do not understand that the $10,000 used car is now $20,000. They don't understand that interest rates have gone from 3% to 9%. They don't understand that they had thought they had equity and no longer do. Dealers' jobs and building relationships, we can communicate the art of the deal. We can build a relationship that's beneficial to the customer, help them get into a, making a good financial decision. That What an opportunity, what a gift for the dealerships to be able to service our customers in a way that's beneficial to them also beneficial to you because you get to make a deal, right? Uh, but yeah, Streamline was just about finding cars that customers can afford and get approved on. That's it. We built it in 16. And so we've been doing this way before the pandemic. Yeah. And ultimately, this problem Great. is coming back.
1: And
0: I think that you you nailed something that you know we've been alluding to for the last you know for the last week or two but yesterday I think it was Kyle we talked about the the coming yeah it was the the Cox automotive report where Jonathan Smoke was like hey like used cars are about to depreciate like you're about to see that depreciation a lot which means there are a lot more consumers that probably looked or checked or got a vehicle price a few months ago and when they think that they have that level of equity in their vehicle a few months from now it's going to be a substantially different picture which is even going to complicate um, the issue, it seems. Matt, as always, great to have you. Thanks uh, for bringing some of your uh, insight Love and energy it. to everybody.
2: Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. Thank you so much.
0: We'll talk to you soon. All right, we're going to go to the next story. Toyota's global sales saw a significant increase in May as both parts and supply shortages seem to be letting up. I mean, this is a pretty simple. Uh, simple story. Basically, the company reported a 10% bump in global sales increase in May year over year, selling a total of about 838,000 vehicles, attributing that increase to saying like, hey, we have our supplies, our parts, our things are like easing up. In Japan, their sales went up 35%. Um, I mean, And here's like an Holy interesting cow. point, too, is that almost a third of all vehicles sold were hybrids. Really? Yep.
1: Almost wow. a third. I mean, like I, I actually, you know. It's interesting because they don't like promote it like crazy, at least from from what I see, because I watch like I see Toyota commercials a lot and like Toyota ads just because like they're hitting they're hitting me because I'm always in the automotive ecosystem, whether I'm in market or not. Yep. And like you just don't see it as like this massive narrative, like we're hybrid, but it's just it's just because it's not
0: it's not like it's weird, like the hybrid component is not in style or out of style. Right. Yep. It's like a basic pair of jeans. Right. Yes. And, and the, the, the reality is everyone's like the sex appeal of an EV is getting all the press when Toyota's like literally a third of their vehicles are hybrids. And you look at the carbon offset that that's actually producing. And but, it is like more than all the EV companies combined.
1: Yo, we just went. I, okay. I'm 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 like more a Toyota fan than I ever have been because I've now had a van, a Toyota Sienna for six hybrid, months. Hybrid probably. But, which is a hybrid. Yep. Track with me on our trip to see family on highways. We got 35.4 miles to the gallon in a van, big old van. Big old van that That's has some nuts. power to it,
0: right? We're not talking <laughs> a little four cylinder either. Like, no, that thing runs. Goes. That yeah. thing runs,
1: no doubt. Yeah, you can you can get up to speed and not, and not realize it real quick. So it's, yeah, it's pretty I mean wild. they.
0: So basically, the hybrids accounted for two hundred sixty one thousand vehicles. They did say they did sell about ten thousand straight EVs. So I mean substantially fewer but I mean this is just one of those things where you wonder if the tail's wagging the dog and a lot of the conversation in typical Toyota they're just doing things differently and they're just being very consistent and marching forward and historically they tend to be right speaking of doing things differently
2: Stop. Segway. Time.
1: all right we got some more air travel coming up here we go so California-based Joby Aviation has received approval from the FAA to begin flight testing its electric air taxi prototype, moving closer to commercial Say operations targeted for track this 2025. Uh, the I business model is akin to like a rideshare app. Basically, uh, it's going to, uh, try and compete in a growing market of electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft manufacturers. Uh, the CEO of Toyota, North America, uh, Testo- Tetsuo, agawa good job that i'm gonna that, yeah that's all Agua, right we'll, we'll give it to you. uh we'll, we'll join Joby aviation's board uh toyota is the company's largest external shareholder How about with an investment that of around 400 million dollars so look toyota's still not messing around which one y'all? you that, betting on Joby? <laughs> <Man, laughs> i'm Joby or yeah the what, what was it called yesterday that we went through but uh, um that was a little yeah different. so they so again set to go in 2025 um, they uh joby will also deliver uh, its first aircraft in march of 2024 uh, un- with the us air force under a 131 million dollar uh-huh. contract Military um contracts. so track track with this this is crazy after that news this is a big jump shares <laughs> jumped 26% i wish i was paying attention to this news it's too late man now. <laughs> But look, Toyota
0: obviously understands manufacturing and transportation. Um, these, via, I'm so excited about these. Like, I would get in one of these. If yes. It's, if yeah, Toyota's got a hand in it too. That helps me with the the Well, trust and it's factor. commercial
1: ops. It's like it's like rideshare. So you can yeah. uh, like yesterday we were saying, oh, would I drive it? Would I be a part of right. it? What's the pilot's license? This yeah. is like a pilot operated vehicle that's a, like a rideshare app. So, uh, so I, if you're flying I, I, into I Atlanta or
0: Chicago or L.A., right? These vehicles, I can't. I feel oh, like damn. we're going to be kind of early adopters of this this type of transportation.
1: Because yeah, because. Like 15 to 20 minutes to any location, as opposed to an hour to an hour and a half in traffic in some of these major cities, all day. Done. Let's yep, go. Yep,
0: yep, yep. Oh, well, that's, uh we had a guest, so a little bit longer of a show. Thanks for being with us today. Begin a lot of comments about people seeing more than cars out there in the wild. If you haven't seen it yet, go to morethancars.tv and see what's going on over here in this little corner of the world. <laughs>